Ball spa. You want good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now, here's the be all, end all, know it all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Cow with the Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. Good Thursday morning out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to the Skinny on Sports right here on 98.1 FM, the Sports Animal. Glad to have you along for the next hour. Jam-packed show today. We got all kinds of stuff going on. Uh, We'll try to get to the other side of the ball with uh, the Red River rivalry coming up on Saturday. What happens when OU has it? We did did, uh, what happens when Texas has the ball yesterday. What happens when the Sooners have it? Who is the best offense Texas has faced? Who are some guys that can make differences in the game? On either side of the ball, X factors, that sort of thing. So we'll get to that at the end of the show. Uh, awesome deal coming up, and right in the middle at nine thirty, we're going to have Jonathan Reed. And you say Jonathan Reed, who's that? Well, he is the coach and GM of the Western Oklahoma Bulls, the ABA team coming to Elk City. So we're going to have a discussion with him, uh, just kind of figure out what's going on, right? Who, who, what is the ABA? Who is, who are the Bulls? Who is Jonathan Reed? <clears throat> and all that sort of thing. So we're going to have him at nine thirty. Uh, to kind of introduce himself to the Western Oklahoma sporting public. Uh, And then off the top of the show, fall baseball, fast pitch softball, state tournament start today. There has been a change. I know that we don't necessarily have anybody from this area in the fall baseball, but if you're planning on going, just want to go watch. There has been a change to the times in one of those two tournaments. Uh, Thursday night football tonight, Elk City and Cash. Big, huge game with all kinds of district implications coming. We'll hit that and then Major League Baseball playoffs. Wild card round wasn't very exciting. <clears throat> as both or all four wild card round series are over at 2-0. and We'll look ahead to what's coming in the divisional round. 225-9698 is the phone or the text line. 225-9698. Give me a call. Shoot us a text. Talk about anything that's on your mind right here in the world of sports. <clears throat> at 225 225- Nine six nine eight. If you're going to be outside the area one of these days, you want to listen to the show live, it's easy. KADSAM.com or download the Paragon app. Either of those will work. If you do the Paragon app, you get everything we do. Radio, Penny News, Big Elk, and Paragon TV. You can watch it right there at your, uh, at your pleasure on your phone. And then the Skinny on Sports podcast available anywhere where, there, where you can find podcasts. Hello, Jared. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm good. Real well. How are you? I'm doing well. It's just, kinda I mean, ch- kind of chilly out. It is. That's the first thing Wyatt said. Like that? When we were nice. headed to work, he goes, "Oh my gosh, it's like fall. I may have to break out the sweatpants." Uh, I told kids, I said, "Grab hoodies, <clears throat> girls. You're gonna need them to start your day." Yeah, I like it. It's, that's football weather for you. Yep, it's uh, it's gonna, it's not gonna stay this cool, obviously, um, but highs in the seventies. That's that's nice. Maybe we'll get a little bit of a fall here. Well, I think it's going to get colder. It turns to cold. Well, sixty-seven on on Saturday, but then right back up into the eighties. Oh, I don't even look past Saturday. Yeah, it's going to start just but low eighties, high seventies. Oh, that's tolerable. Maybe some rain. That's good. We may have to start uh, making a plan for next Thursday and rain at Chickasha. Cameraman may be inside the booth. That big giant booth with us. There's a lot of space there. We might have to call ahead and make sure they didn't. Do something different you know, with the last turf. time we anticipated uh, <laughs> being inside, we were outside. Yeah, well, By the way, have fun tonight, Cash Broadcast. Have to, yeah, I, I doubt that really happens. <laughs> we were pushing for it last year, though. Um, all right, we so have receipts. Go ahead. Fa- fall, uh, fall baseball, fast pitch softball state tournaments starting today uh, for the fast pitch. What class three A all the way down to class B, class B. There's some Western Oklahoma uh, representation coming. Uh, As we mentioned yesterday, Fire Lake Ballparks and Shawnee will host Thursday and Friday and then Oklahoma State on Saturday for the title games. Tonight, or today, 11 a.m., things start off in Class B with Mountain View, Godibo, and Frontier. So that's 11A on Field 1. Following that, you got Leedy and Tupelo. Those two are on on the side of the same bracket. So you could possibly have a Mountain View-Leedy game tomorrow. Top half of the bracket at four, Stewart and Kiowa, followed by Arnett and Turner at six thirty. 
the Lady Wildcats get what it looks like to be the top seed in Turner at 630. So that's Class B. Everything's on schedule. Are those turf? Do you know? We're at? The fields of Fire Lake? Uh, I feel like the infield is. There hasn't been any update to the time. So you'd think with an 11 o'clock game, if there was a change, it'd already be out there. they were changing just recently to – I think it might just be infield. I'm not 100% sure, okay. I bet we can – I bet somebody's been there and will text us before the show is over. I'm waiting for a guy. Yeah. Class A, Rattan and Ripley start at 11 o'clock, followed by Navajo and Red Oak. Those four teams are on the same side of the bracket. Navajo and Red Oak is a 130 game. Arapaho-Butler will take the field at 4 o'clock against Surreal, and then the top game in that bracket, or that half of the bracket, Caddo and Binger-Oni. So you got Binger-Oni at 6, Arapaho at 4, Ripley at 130 in Class A. In Class B, Mount View go to Bow at eleven, Leedy at one at uh, one thirty, and then uh, Arnett at six thirty in the fast pitch state tournaments in Class A and B. Good luck to all of those schools. I mentioned there's a difference in the times for the uh, fall baseball. Class B remains the same. I believe Edmund Santa Fe has turf, and uh, no change to the Class B state tournament times. Quarterfinal games go on as scheduled at Edmond Santa Fe this Thursday uh, today, but at Edmond Memorial there has been a change. The games will be delayed one hour, so the Class A fall baseball state tournament delayed one hour. So instead of eleven one thirty four and six thirty, you've got noon for Oktahaw and Preston, two thirty for Dale Silo, Rattan Wright City five, Okarchi. Speaking of. Uh, there's Western Oklahoma ties. Matt yep. Yost, head coach at Okarchi. They take on Worcester at 7.30. So that game – so if, if any, there you go. At 7.30 instead of 6.30. Anybody's going to go up there and support the Okarchi Warriors. Can confirm. There are <clears> – <throat> Fire Lake is turfed. I was thinking that yeah. was right. I knew that was recent, too. I, I had heard that they were switching all that around. Yeah, I was, I, I was thinking that that was correct. So they're playing a state tournament on turf. That would be correct. Okay. What about uh, OSU? OSU is regular, though, isn't it? That's natural. It's natural. I believe grass. it is. I think that's right. Yeah. Very what's, good. What's your shot? You've got a shot at somebody. What the plane state? Well, OSSA can figure it out. OK, kids can't. Moving on. It's two years ago, Jared. I would let it go. That's going to just no, cause, every year I'm going to be on it because gonna, that's money missing out right here for the finest uh, you, finest fields in western Oklahoma, both gonna, baseball and softball. It's going to cause you heartache. Hey, there was actually regionals here last there year There was, for but there needs to be state here for baseball and softball. Uh, you know what? Uh, I may should care one more summer. After that, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to quit caring about that real quick. <laughs> uh, clear, nothing against where they take them. I'm just saying oh, everybody yeah. needs a share of the pot here. Feels everybody, like a shot at everywhere. No, it's not a shot at the towns that they're placing them in. It's just I don't think I think they overlook Elk City. It's Massive fine. shot down I. I don't think they overlook Elk City. I just think they go Elk. No, moving on. Massive Makes shots sense. down I'm I-40 just, at the I'm, moment. No, I'm not doing that. I where we played. This summer, both that you and Tenue, great facilities. I just think Oak City needs a needs a cut here. Yep. Well, That's I all I'm I, saying. Why not? I got I got a possible. I don't even know if I have a dog in a fight this summer. Don't even know yet. Go to Sean. I mean, Salisaw's nice. I don't doubt it. It's awesome. Drive all the way across the state every time. <laughs> Um, all right, awesome. Major League Baseball nice hot. playoffs. Boy, the it, it, it does get hot there. Yeah, Major League Baseball playoffs. Boy, the wild card round was a little bit of a dud. Your Rangers no, just was, absolutely was dominated. <laughs> Four nothing, seven one, two wins at Tampa in the Trop. It looked like a better crowd yesterday. I never saw the the announced attendance, but it looked like there were more people there yesterday than the day before. Maybe a bunch of Rangers fans flew down to try to celebrate with the team. Uh, so the Texas wins seven one yesterday four nothing in game one, they move on, division series. I think it starts Saturday mm-hmm. against Baltimore, the Orioles and the Rangers. Also a really cool scene in Minnesota. The Twins snap that eighteen game postseason losing streak on Tuesday. They win the series on uh, yesterday as well as Minnesota defeats Toronto two games to none. They'll head to Houston, so to be Twins Astros there. My Brewers. Got ahead in both games. 
and screwed the pooch in both games as they gave up six straight on Tuesday after taking a 3 nothing lead to lose 6-3, give up five, uh, five straight yesterday after leading 2 nothing. And so Arizona, the Diamondbacks, advance over the NL Central champion Brewers. They will play the Dodgers. Interesting in the National League, we get division series between division opponents, Arizona and the Dodgers, and then Philly whipped up on Miami. That was going to happen anyway with both those Eastern teams playing each other for the right to play the Braves. So Philly and Atlanta are the other series. Yeah, I mean, take your Texas bias out of it. Hmm. Do you have a do you have a a favorite series I, for me? Yeah, I do. I do I, have a favorite one. Go ahead. I think it's Philly and Atlanta. Philly Atlanta. Yep. That's going to get the national attention. Sure. Uh, my favorite series will be Twins at Houston. Twins at at <clears throat> Astros. We're just starting with at Astros because of um, well the Carrera uh, storyline and the uh, the fact that the tw- the Twins have a winning record against Houston this year. So, very interested to see how that shakes out. I will bet you a burrito. Houston sweeps them. <laughs> Houston is, wins that series. I'm not going to say sweeps. I do like I do like the Correa storyline. I agree with that. But it just when you see Houston and Minnesota, you just immediately go, okay, well, uh, Houston's in the ALCS. Who joins them? Sure. No, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I'll bet you a burrito. I'll pay you on Tuesday or Thursdays. Okay, I got it. <laughs> Write that down. <clears throat> wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. Let's, let's broaden this. Let's. Uh, I didn't ever say I suggested Twins were winning. No, no, you didn't. So can I get some games here? Can I? No, 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 no. no. Okay. You either think they either can do I'm it in or, or out. Okay. All right. What the heck? What the heck? You know why I like burrito bets? Because I always grab myself one anyways. That's kind of that's very, very true. <laughs> and if it, if you catch it on the right day, like you said, Tuesday or Thursday, you can just get one out of the sack. I'm not going to do that to you. I might. I'm going to go to <laughs> – I'm not lying. I might do I'm it. I'm going to go to the quick stop and grab one of those freezer ones like Sean did to oh, me one yeah, time. I know. What a cop out. Okay, so – No, that one there, just for everything I said. But Philly's, Philly's Atlanta – but I'm kind of on the same boat on the other side. I'm like, man, it's Atlanta – I've already penciled Atlanta in the NLCS. They're that good, right? But I don't know. Do you think Phillies could play spoiler? I think it's interesting in a five-game series where, especially in the National League, those two teams, Atlanta and the Dodgers, have pretty well been coasting for a month, month and a half. Mm Mm-hmm. Whereas everybody else still alive, maybe not Minnesota as much, but then now they've got three games un- or two games under their belt in the playoffs in the wild card series. But Arizona and Philly have been playing; they've been play- they've been having playoff games for a month. Yeah. And can Atlanta and the Dodgers, you know, in, in a short series, in just a five game series, can they? Can they? Are they ready? To you know, for the intensity of playoff baseball right off the bat, because in a seven game series you could kind of make up for a bad one. In a five game series, it's a lot harder. So that's the only thing on both of those. I think game one is is pretty important just to see. You know, obviously there's advantages to rest, pitching. You got your you got your uh, rotation exactly how you want it, and all that kind of thing. But I just wonder if they're. Uh, we see it in the NFL all the time. Yeah. I mean, you talk about battle-tested. Now can we talk about the Rangers? They've been playing, like, playoff games all Mm -hmm. month long, too. Go to Tampa Bay and get a couple there. Orioles are the the upstart, young, cool team right now. But I think they're very vulnerable. If if the Rangers' bats can continue to to produce. And and it's going to – I mean, if your starters can get all the way to the seventh inning, maybe even the eighth inning of scoreless baseball, then – Texas is always going to have a shot because their their bats are going to be do what they do and what they've done the last two games. Well, listen, if they yeah, if, if they give up two run or one run in two games, they'll they'll beat about anybody. The Orioles are the biggest wild card in my mind, just because we, I mean, we haven't seen them in the situation, but it, but it also it's not the same old Orioles. 
It's a bunch of young dudes mm-hmm. that maybe don't even know the you know what I'm saying. Like the, well, maybe yeah. they, they don't know what they don't know. What's fun about this series is you can say that well, man, the Orioles have never been in the playoffs. These young guys, yeah, Rangers well, haven't Rangers either. haven't either. Right. So it's kind of a kind of a mixed bag. But Orioles have been great this year. It's going to be a tough ask for the Texas Rangers. But if they can get Game One, who knows? They can still Game One on Saturday. Who knows? And I question or I wonder who they're going to throw. Uh, could they throw Montgomery again after throwing him on Tuesday? Why not? Would that be a long enough rest for him? And then go back to Evalde for game two? And then maybe John Gray? I don't know. I I, I think you see Montgomery game two. You think Gray, it, yeah, Gray think, game one? Yep. Or just, it is a five-game series, but if you... It, the key is it was Steve. Tuesday, right? So Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Yeah, you, you could, you could, very well could. But I just, I wonder. Man, and my heart <clears throat> skipped a beat when I I was watching the game, but on mute because I was working. So I try to be respectful of that. And I was, I look up and I see Scherzer warming up in the bullpen, and I realize it was video. They they did a pregame bullpen session, and then about ten minutes later, my phone beeps and it says he had a. Uh, a painless, pain-free workout, but still very doubtful. Yeah. There's always that. I mean, there's always a glimmer of hope. But I was like, whoa, really? Is he going to? But he's gone from completely out to very doubtful. I mean, it's just like a small rung up the ladder of getting back on the mound. I doubt we see him this October. Absolutely not. But um, definitely see him in April. But, uh, yeah, the pitching is what's key for Rangers, in my eyes. Because I think the bats are, are coming around at the right time but if you know if you the longer you can go without going to the bullpen the better oh yeah obviously i mean if you can, if the rangers can get seven innings out of starters that really helps their cause and not having to be in that bullpen so quick i, I just i don't i think you see montgomery game two there's no sense in doing it at the first of the series it's not like a do or die game five where it's all hands on deck there's there's no sense and yeah there's scott gray montgomery Evaldi. i think that's how they'll do it too Gray Montgomery at Valde. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I think that's how it'll go. There's just no sense in doing it right off the bat. Yeah. Uh, tonight, Big Elks and Cash. Class 4A District 1 battle. The Elks have, have lost three in a row, one of those being the district opening tilt last week at Clinton. Cash 1-0 and in the district, trying to keep pace with uh, the two Custer County schools that will play this week as well with Clinton and Weatherford on uh, tomorrow night. Huge game for the Elks. It's, it's, really, it's really weird because – <clears throat> I, I there's a three-game losing streak that the Elks are riding into this game. There's no doubt about it. But it doesn't – in a lot of ways, it doesn't feel like it. And maybe that's just because those last two non-district games against Canadian and Carl Albert, you kind of uh, almost had a sense that that could happen. So you almost were just – I don't know, maybe I was counting those as losses going in or for sure the Carl Albert one. So really, to me, it just feels like Ali oh, lost last week. You know, it doesn't date back, and maybe the week off has something to do with that. In between Carl Albert and Clinton, where you and there's a true separation of of non district yeah. and district. And so, you know, when when Johnny said that yesterday, yeah, we've lost three straight. We need to get one. Uh, it, it almost took me aback. Like, whoa, I guess that's true. There there have been three straight losses. Where in my mind, it just seemed like. We lost last week. Now you got to jump back and figure out a way to beat Cash. Yeah, the thing that worries me, and, and I said this yesterday, Bridge Creek seems so far a long time ago. I mean, that was the better part of a month ago with the with the bye week in there. My fear is that you you lose that feeling of success. So this is one of those pivotal games of the entire season. Is is this game tonight to to even up your district record to make that turn right, get, get that feeling back of get the, okay, that's how we do it. That's how we win. That's how we are successful. So, um, and it's got, yeah, listen, cash is, is, I mean, their last two games stands out, but it's against Woodward and Southeast. But I mean, they're putting goose eggs on one side of the scoreboard, hanging half a hundred on the other. So they've got something a little bit rolling right here. So they're coming in with a lot of confidence. So you got, if you're Elk City, this is this might be one of those games that we look back at the end of the year that we like that was the point of the season where they made a turn. Now, will it be a turn for the best or for the worst? Hopefully for the best. So uh, we'll see. It's, Elk City's going to have to have some success tonight. I mean, they need success in a bad way. And I go back again to just it, that Bridge Creek game 
was so long ago, and you just hope that that momentum hasn't run out. You want to start off strong and hot in this game and get back on the confidence side, on that positive side, mentally-wise. And see, that's what's weird to me is even though in these last uh, in the losses, it doesn't feel like this team is down. No, it's not like they got it, – it yeah. It's, really, it's, no. it's totally weird to, to, to see this in, in a three-game losing streak and all that. Here's the thing, though. I mean, <clears throat> I know everyone's kind of sitting around thinking about, okay, how does the how do the Yelks get back into the district title hunt? The next two weeks, if the Yelks aren't ready to go and aren't ready to play, the next two weeks will determine whether or not they make the playoffs altogether. You know, you jack around and you lose these next two to Cash and Chickasha. Now you now you're done with tiebreakers and you got to hope for a bunch of help. Mm-hmm. Beating Weatherford might be that help, but I mean that's that, that's the thing about uh, after the last two years, there, there's so much more positivity in the you know in results or you know thinking down the line because of the success the last two teams have had. But the reality of the situation tonight and next Thursday is that this the the season hinges on these two games. Get two wins, then you essentially solidify a spot in the playoffs. With whatever happens on Friday at Weatherford, now you can start to look at okay, where are we at seeding wise? You know, Clinton takes care of Weatherford this week, then that game here in a couple of weeks against Weatherford here, all of a sudden it's it's basically well, it's for second place if you win these next two, and other results could could change that. But with what we think might happen with two wins and and what we think you know, or even better, Weatherford beats Clinton by two by fifteen. And if you can beat Weatherford by 15, all of a sudden you're, you know what I'm saying? Then you're leading the district chase. Right. So it's, but it all starts with tonight and getting a win at, on your home field against the Cash Bulldogs, a team that's three and two, one and oh in district. You mentioned rolling the last two weeks, 56 and 55 nothing. I'll be at Woodward and Southeast, but still it took care of that business. You know, got off to a, a, a tough start, really, with Tuttle. Uh, what, they're, what, number two in a lot of polls in, in 4A. AP has them three this week. Struggled with Altus. Uh, you know, the, the one comparative score we could make right. is that Altus game. Elk City started with a 36-6 win. Cash only won 19-6 on their home field versus the Elks going to Altus. I mean, but, but we've seen that in the past. That doesn't necessarily – that transitive property doesn't always work. It doesn't always equate. Uh, the series has been close as far as the overall – they played 12 times, all district games, since Cash has joined 4A1. Uh, Cash leads the series 7-5. and five. Elks have won the last two. Cash won the five before that. So kind of a streaky series in a lot of ways. Uh, so it's a huge game. There's no doubt about it. It's going to be football weather, like you said, a little bit more chill in the air today than there has been. And uh, it, it, it's, a, it's a huge, huge game for the Elks to get back on track and and kind of erase any doubts there might be about whether this team is actually a playoff team. Again, pivotal game for the season. Kind of hinges right here. Yeah, it, it doesn't. It. I mean, I think I wrote this in in the intro for tonight. It feels like the crossroads of the season, and this is going to be the game where you point back to and go, "Yeah, that's where they turned it around." Exactly. Or. God, that's where the the free fall really started. Unfortunately, exactly. That, yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. just this is that game, and every season, you know, there's always one of those pivotal moments in the season going into, the, and you know it's coming too. You know, that's the thing about this. It's not one of those we're going to look back and go, "Aha, there it was." No, no, we know it right now. Yeah. However many hours before kickoff, we everyone I think understands the importance uh, after the loss last week to start the district play, the importance of this win, and. And with the way the schedule stacks up for the Elks in the district, you know what we most consider the four toughest opponents all come back to back to back to back. Within John Marshall and Woodward at the tail end, and so you know coming coming off the Weatherford game in a couple of weeks, the Elks are essentially going to kind of know where they stand, and then maybe what to be rooting for, or if you take care of all three of those wins, and and Weatherford does you a favor to, uh, tomorrow night. Maybe you're at the top of the heap and just having to to hold serve against John Marshall and Woodward to finish the season. So it'll be uh, be a lot of fun. Come on out, big crowd. Might as well be Thursday night. 
But if you can't make it, we'll have it. 6.15 pregame, 7 o'clock kick. Big Elk TV and Cool 94 for Elk City. Hosting cash. 4A District 1 action from right here at Big Elk Stadium. Jared Atha in studio. Aaron, uh, we got a little technical stuff going on, so he's figuring that out right now. But it is worth noting we were talking about high school football earlier uh, before the break. Elk City hosting cash tonight, big district game. Also tonight, Merritt is hosting Burns Flat Dill City. Merritt uh, also on a three-game skid looking to bounce out of that and looking for their first district win as well. So a couple of big games for a couple of Beckham County schools happening tonight. And by the way, you can watch the Merritt game on ParagonTV.com. Uh, but be about a 6.30, 6.45 pregame. They'll kick that one off at 7 o'clock. Again, that's happening over in Maris. Coach Richardson's team coming in at 1-4. and four. Uh, They, too, looking for their first district win. And, and, you know, kind of in the same vein, that's kind of a pivotal game for them, a team that um, uh, I think they might have some or they could have some success against the Eagles, but they got to come out on the field and prove it and maybe start uh, the turnaround for their season, too. So, Aaron just telling them about the Merritt game happening tonight. That is tonight, according to OSSARankings.com, uh, hosting the Burns Flat Dill City Eagles. And they, too, coming in with a three-game losing streak, looking for their first. So it's kind of mirroring. I mean, uh, they're coming in at one and four on the year. But with the game tonight against Burns Flat, then next week at Sarah, at Thomas, Hooker, and Fairview, there's some tough games uh, in their future. But still, got to get some district wins there. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, programming update. Uh, we'll have Coach Reed tomorrow, 9.15-ish, 9.15 All right. for Coach Reed during the uh, Garrison Financial Friday. I'll we'll have to figure out what's going on with the phone. Well, I think it needs an oil change. Yeah, We need to figure something out. He's very gracious, so we'll, we'll, appreciate we'll push that. him back one day yeah. uh, to tomorrow at 9.15. What do you, I mean, I didn't really, Coach we never Jonathan really Reed. talked about the basketball. I mean, that is the Bulls. That's kind of cool. Western I, Oklahoma Bulls. That's why I was so excited to have him on because I'll be honest with you, I don't know much about it. It's hard to find a lot of information on the internet about kind of how how the league works. I mean, I remember the ABA. I mean, I always heard it's about the same the thing, ABA. right? Yeah, and it, it came back, I think, in 2000, so it's been around. And it's more, I mean, it's an opportunity for guys to develop after college and to who knows? Who knows where it could take them? And so that level of what I'm excited about is it's a different level of basketball that we'll have in our own backyard that we can go and watch. Yeah, that's what I, I my question centered a lot around just kind of the, you know, him who's you know how mm-hmm. how did his path get him uh, to where he's at as the GM and the coach of this team that I think was maybe an Enid team at one point and that's, now now it's here yeah. here at Elk City. You know why here? Had a lot of those, and then about the ABA itself. I think the Arrowhead had a big reason. I mean, it's a new I venue, assume, but and yeah, the ABA. And I also want to know who's coming here. Like, what teams will they exactly. be playing? Exactly. What kind of division are they in? Where will uh-huh. they be going? Yeah. Um. All you know, and there might be some names that with these teams that be coming here, you might go, "Oh, I remember that guy." Yeah. That's yeah. Who who are where where are the games? How how does this all? When does it start? And then yeah, who's coming? Yeah. And the most important question is how how can I get some merch? I want a T-shirt. Yeah, I like that logo. The logo is awesome. I like that logo. I love the logo. So we'll have him tomorrow at nine fifteen uh, to answer a lot of these questions of uh, about the Western Oklahoma Bulls coming to town in the ABA. I mean, when I think of ABA, I think of three things: Doctor J, George Gervin, and a red, white, and blue basketball. And Jackie Moon. I don't think of Jackie Moon. Oh. You don't think of Jackie Moon? I do not. All right. But, yeah, Dr. J, yeah. Cool That's, stuff. I mean, to, to think it, to think about the fact that a league with those players in it is going to play right here in Elk City is pretty amazing, right? Of course. That's, that's what I'm excited about. Pretty amazing. Yes, we'll have him on tomorrow. Yes, 9.15 tomorrow. Great. Jonathan Reed, head coach GM of the Western Oklahoma Bulls. So that uh, leaves us with a big gaping hole in the middle of the show here, Jerry. Oh, we can fill it. What do you want to talk about? You know what we haven't talked about much? What's happening tomorrow night? And I don't mean in, and I don't mean in Weatherford. I mean in Stillwater, Oklahoma. That's true. Oklahoma State comes in 
double-digit point underdog <laughs> at home. Our LSU fan does not want us to talk about this. He's screaming, talk about baseball. <laughs> we just talked about we baseball. We just talked about baseball, TJ, sorry. So, in, but OSU baseball? <laughs> but seriously, I mean, I, I know it's doom and gloom, mm-hmm. and for good reason. Have you seen what uh, South Alabama has done since that win in Stillwater? Oh, no. Not one since? Yeah, and, and they lost to Central Michigan and maybe James Madison. Which James Madison's, I think they're undefeated still. So that's maybe not the, the, a player, the, the worst aren't, loss of aren't all they time. They're usually a player in the um, FCS. Yeah, but are they, have they bumped up yet? I don't know. I think they were on the path to bump up. It's all the realignment and stuff. It's hard to know. That it's is hard very, to very keep true. Track. It is hard to keep track of who's where. But how it, it is so gloomy feeling up in Stillwater. Is it? How can Oklahoma State win this game? Yeah, James Madison's in the Sun Belt, so they they have moved up. How can they win this game? Well, it could set up because it is a Friday night in Stillwater. They have sold out. Bravo to the fans! Still selling out. Still showing up. Blackout national television. It could set up. And I don't mean this in any disrespect for Cowboys, but as a trap game for the favored Wildcats. You know what I mean? It could set up, as opposed to if this thing was played on a 2.30 on Saturday afternoon. Because of that atmosphere. But on the field, though, um, where do you start? Where do you start? Like well, the X's and O's. I mean, what? Get, where can they find an advantage? They've obviously settled on Bowman. That's a good start. And I don't necessarily think it was his fault that the team didn't win up at Iowa State, even though he did throw two picks. That he was good enough. The defense just a couple of letdowns against the, the Iowa State offense for big plays, and voila, there it was. But I just... I think that's part of it. At some point, I feel like the Oklahoma State defense is going to rally for a game or two because of the the personnel they have. The problem is, man, this seems like a bad. This this just doesn't seem like your get right game against what Kansas State is known for, which is being very, very, very disciplined, not beating themselves. Doesn't it feel like like next week? With KU come to town, especially if Daniels is still hobbled or doesn't play, KU feels like the team that'll kind of let you, not necessarily give you a game, but darn sure help you win one. A turnover here, a dumb play there, you know what I'm saying? Like they, they're not the the, the Kansas, either under Leopold, Kansas State. Yeah, I mean they'll still do some stupid stuff. Kansas State though is more army than they are give you a game yeah being very disciplined and very physical and tough is a dangerous combination and that's what kansas state gives you i always seem to i mean they certainly do when they play ou every year you give the sooners fits because they almost just play along plot along and wait on ou to screw up and by the way it happens a whole bunch of times but i, I do I, I don't like the fact that they're playing Friday as far as just the overall grand scheme of things. I think it's ridiculous well, yeah. that these two teams are having to play on Friday with the with, with the programs that they built and the history that they have right now. I, I think it's ludicrous. Having said that, though, I think I think the I think the Friday night atmosphere gives OSU a way better chance to win this game than if it was just a in the mix at 2.30 or in the mix at 6 on yeah. a Saturday. Yeah. I, I, I think that it does um, maybe help throw off you know, Kansas State. They seem like one of those teams that is just like regimented, right? Like we do this today, this tomorrow, da 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 and so on and so forth. Maybe playing this game a day early can kind of mess with their with their internal clock, mess with their regiment, mess with their discipline, mess with their uh, just the, the way that they do things. And allow Oklahoma State a chance. It it doesn't really feel like it though. At the end of the day, it doesn't really feel like the Pokes can win this game. 
And that is unbelievable to say in a home conference game against K-State in Stillwater. <laughs> it's just, it, does, it, doesn't even, it doesn't even fit what's been going on for the better part of 20 years. It doesn't, but the probabilities of it happening this season, we should have looked at this back in December with the max, mass exodus of players, but we always leaned on, well, Gundy always found a way. He always took doubt or uncertainty and found a way to churn out wins. And they got guys back mm-hmm. through the portal. Yeah, it was a two-way street. Obviously, yeah. well, but it, the problem was the quality that left wasn't replaced by the quality that came back. You know, you, you're talking about dudes in the secondary that left that are now starting at Oregon, LSU, I don't think Ohio State uh, yet, but I mean that's you know, and then of course the linebacker at USC. You're, you're, that's it's a bunch of guys that you, you yeah you replace numbers, but you may not have replaced the Qu- quality. Quality, and and that is also being said at quarterback. Oh, one million percent. I mean you you needed you needed Sanders. They needed Sanders. A million percent. I mean, trading Sanders for Bowman is not an improvement. That, that, that's the quality you speak of. Not behind this offensive line. If he was behind a brick wall, maybe. Yeah, the offensive line needs but every with, blame on this. Yeah, But with, with, with the way that the offensive line executes, you had to have a guy. And I think that's why, uh, honestly, I, I think that's why we saw the three quarterback carousel to start the year and it it wasn't necessarily okay who's the best it was who can handle running for their life who handle that that pressure the best to be able to 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 figure out a way to to try to try to make something of the season i mean at this point i can't believe we're saying this through four games but there is certainly a path to Oklahoma State not being in a bowl game. Oh, you look at the rest of the schedule. I, absolutely. And what's crazy is the schedule isn't any good. I know, but that's what's scary. The way scary. this is shaking out, though, is these other teams that they're going to have to go up against. If they get a health and or if uh, Kansas with the healthy uh, Jalen Daniels, that's losable. West Virginia suddenly looks good. Yeah, that's true. Um, Cincinnati, it's in Stillwater. Of course, there's Bedlam. At Central Florida, at Houston, I think Houston might be the only sure one you could say, yeah, they could win that one. And then hosting BYU. The other ones, there's yeah, those are losses. Or well, let's flip a coin. Now you got to get to four more for six and six. So where are the four? Well, one of the next two. I, I'm not. I'm not so sold on KU. We saw what happened last year. When Started out strong and then quarterback went out and looked. Yeah, and, and you know. He's definitely a great player, and he, he, he makes a difference, but I'm not so sure exactly how good they are with him. That West Virginia game was crazy. That looked, of course, the, Oklahoma State has had trouble in West Virginia at times since the Mountaineers had joined the conference. Now all of a sudden, Neil Brown fighting for his job, has him 4-1. and one. That game looks way harder than it did this summer. They have to beat Cincinnati at home. Cincinnati isn't any good. Bedlam, that's Bedlam, kind of like this week. Who knows? Anything can kind of happen a lot of times. Then, yeah, at, at Houston, at UCF, BYU at home. If You can say you can be pretty negative and go, I don't see how there's four wins there. Or, you know, there, there's no way they can be this bad <laughs> if you got your, half, your glass half full. But it's certainly hard to go out on any limbs – for Oklahoma State right now with the way that they performed and and with just the and the last two weeks last two weeks have been as bad as it's been in Stillwater in a long long time on the other side go back to Kansas State we know they're a well-coached team but how good are they UCF kind of hung around with them 
kind of got a gritty win there, but they gave up 31 points. Of course, they lost at Missouri, but Missouri might be, I don't know, okay. We'll find out this weekend. Then they went and beat Southeast Missouri and Troy, which anybody should do. Anybody with a pulse should do. Are we are we overinflating like how good they are? Or is it fool's gold based on who they played or or you see where I'm, you see where I'm going? I'm I'm just trying to find hope here for OSU. Defend, defending Big Twelve champs, Will Howard's been in and out. I mean, hurt at the quarterback spot. I think that makes a difference because I think he's one of the better ones in the league. If if they're if they really are a Big Twelve title contender. They'll find a way to win in Stillwater. They'll find a way to win in Lubbock. They'll hold their home field against TCU, and they'll beat Houston. They'll go to Texas, what, 3-1, and 7-1. And, and if they're not, you could easily see them losing next week at Tech, getting tripped up at home by TCU. And then all of a sudden you've got a loss or two in the conference heading to Texas, and at that point that's a game that – you have a hard time seeing them win. These next two weeks are big for them as well. Road games in historically tough places to play in Stillwater and in Lubbock. Come through that unscathed, all of a sudden. All of a sudden that question's answered. Especially if Texas wins Saturday, they're in the driver's seat to to join Texas in Arlington. Mm-hmm. Because the OU isn't on the schedule. That's right. So there, there's a. I, I think. Uh, how about we don't know yet? I mean, I, yeah, it's weird. It's like, I feel like we know more about OSU than we do Kansas State, although we think Kansas Unfor- State's a better team. Unfortunately, but the, but that's the way this season was always going to be with this conference schedule, right? You, you, if you found something out before a certain date, it was going to be bad. Like if you knew, if you know what OU is before Saturday, that just means it's bad. Yeah. Like Oklahoma State, if you found something out before this Kansas State game, and this was the one everybody circled going into the season. Hey, you win these, you win these first four, and now you got K State. Then you find out how good you are. Unfortunately, we already know. You know what I'm saying? We already know a little bit more about OSU because they're not very good, or they haven't been very good. That's the, that's the interesting part of this brand new Big 12 for this one season is with the new teams floating in. I mean, a new team hadn't been an old team yet. The, I know. The, the old guard's still like 6-0 and against the new guard. And so, I, yeah, I, this was kind of the – this should have been the measuring stick for Kansas State and Oklahoma State. And now they're both – you know, K-State lost on that, what, 61-yard field goal to Mizzou, but still, you lost. It's a game that if you're, if you're truly that good, you'd win that game. Yep. We may be overinflating Kansas State. We'll find out next couple of weeks. Hanging out here on a Thursday. Don't forget the uh, Big Elk football tonight. Cool 94 Big Elk TV, Elk City and Cash. at the 7 o'clock kick, 6.15, game, 6-15 for the pregame. By the way, we mentioned earlier, Class A State uh, Fall Baseball Tournament was delayed until a noon start. That's been pushed back again as of about 10 minutes ago. Class A Baseball State Tournament quarterfinals at Edmond Memorial pushed back. So you've got Oak to Hall and Preston now a 1.30 start. So that's in, that ends up being a two-and-a-half-hour delay. So push everything back two-and-a-half hours. 1.30 there, Dale Silo 4, Rattan Wright City 6.30. And Matty Yost is going to have to stay up all night long. Okarchi and Worcester at 9 for the uh, first pitch scheduled. You can probably put that Okarchi-Worcester at 10. Yeah, yeah. That's how these work. But, yeah, two-and-a-half-hour delay in Class A fall baseball state tournament. First game, one thirty start. Now, instead of the originally scheduled 11, nothing else has been affected by the rain last night. Uh, but that certainly has uh, there at Cla- in the Class A fall baseball state tournament all right jared we talked about what happens when texas's uh, offense is on the field on saturday we talked about that yesterday let's look on the other side of the football when oklahoma is on offense texas is on defense 
without knowing any of the numbers, without knowing any of the stats, what is your just – Well, I can't even look them up because they're not right. Thanks, since Just really. first, show, first <laughs> rattle out of the box, what would you think? OU's defense, OU's offense versus Texas's defense. Well, now state the question. Just what I mean. What what what, 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 did, what do you think of when you think okay, OU has the ball, Texas is playing defense. What what crosses your mind? I think I keep seeing because the running game has been been very anemic. So I I I when I think when I close my eyes, I say okay, what am I? What could I picture offensively for Oklahoma on Saturday? I see Dylan Gabriel um, spreading it out. You would hope that would continue uh, throwing it to multiple guys and then taking a long shot every once in a while, taking a deep shot every once in a while. But you start spreading it out, you know, getting guys in space uh, on the edges, in the flats maybe. Um, then again, going taking some deep shots and hopefully having success moving the ball that way. That's how I see the offense versus the Texas defense. Uh, I think first impressions are, oh, you can't run the ball. That's exactly yeah exactly what I said yeah you know uh, obviously when you, when you look at the numbers it would tell you oh, you can't run the ball Oklahoma's sixty third in the country in rushing yards per game at one fifty eight UT only allows ninety five a game which is seventeenth best in America here's what I would I think that rushing stat is so powerful in that the team that runs the ball the best wins this game. It is so powerful and so front of mind. You don't even have to look for that, and you know it, right? I mean, it's not one of those stats that you just know it from year after year after year that whoever wins the rushing battle wins this game. It's just kind of been a, a staple of this uh, of this battle down in the Cotton Bowl. Here's what I don't think can happen, or I darn sure don't want to see happen, is I don't want to see a team – that they're clear Achilles Hill so far offensively is, is running it. I don't want to see them beat their head against the wall trying to run it for a quarter and a half, getting down 17 points and never able to come back. Just to try to prove a point. Just to try. Just, uh, we have to run it, so we got to run it. Now, yeah. I, I understand the history of the series, but the history of the series isn't who runs it the best in the first quarter. The history of the series is who who runs it the best for the game, mm-hmm. and so that that will be maddening if there's some sort of stubbornness coming out of the play calling for the first quarter or so, and you see a bunch of three and outs because OU is trying to prove a point or trying to establish a run game that has been non-existent all year. This is a game to me where you pass to open up the run, not the other way around. I, I can see that going into yeah, I know it at least, saying. yeah. And, and that's, I mean, the strength of Oklahoma's offense. If you just look at the numbers, the 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 outlier is the rushing. Everything else is in the top ten nationally, everywhere in on offense, pass efficiency, total offense, third down offense, scoring offense. Everything is top ten, if not almost top five, except for the rushing. Texas on defense defensively, once again we see. One one glaring advantage on OU's side, just as we did last yesterday with red zone, we see it on third down here. All the other numbers are pretty similar. Uh, well, Texas has the advantage rush defense versus rush offense, a, a big one. Pass efficiency, OU's sixth. Texas is, six, is 16th on defense. Total offense, which is yards. OU's ninth, Texas is 17th and giving up the least amount. Red zone OU's been 67% touchdowns, which is very good in 27 attempts. Texas is only allowed one in 10 red zone attempts by the other team. Five scores, period, with four field goals and a touchdown. Scoring OU third, Texas 12th. But the one glaring advantage Oklahoma has is third down. Oklahoma's 55% on third down, which is sixth in the country offensively. Texas gives up 42% of third downs, which is 56th. Kind of like we saw with red zone yesterday, third down yesterday, with Texas's offense versus OU defense. The, those, the big downs, the big third downs, and then red zones for the offenses, 
Those are the two. Those are maybe the only two real advantages statistically going into this game for Oklahoma. Which, if you're going to have if you're going to have advantages, you know, I think those would be a pretty decent ones to have because that means. You know, you hit a couple of, of key third downs that that does a couple of things. It keeps your defense rested, keeps yours off the field, and obviously continues drives looking to go score points. Who is somebody that you, you – we mentioned it yesterday. Somebody on each side or one side that you don't necessarily expect has a big game in this game. It happens almost every single year. That who, I don't expect. Who, no who one you really kind of don't expect. Yeah. I will go. I mean, it's almost just put your hand in a hat and draw a name out with the wide receivers, but I think uh, I'll go with Gibson. For no reason other than it's just random. And he's, again, it's just a guy. I The, the fan favorite wants to say Freeman. You know, because I did pick him preseason being a guy that would be a household name by the end of the season he started that way and you know it's been a nice piece to this offense but Gibson's a guy that can go up and get it so I'll go with him making a f- big catches and key moments yeah I, I think it needs to be a running back but I can't tell you which one uh, yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm yeah, saying put, put the hand in the other hat right and it, who knows yeah I, th- I think it needs to be a running back uh, Sam's got Brennan Thompson transfer from Texas speedster that we saw Hadn't seen really yet until I the other day. About that guy. My gosh, is he fast? Yeah, like extra super fast. Um, question on the text line: Do you feel OU has been tested? I think Cincinnati is a pretty good defense, and you, best you, test maybe you yeah. can look at that one of two ways. I think Ohio. Uh, I think Iowa State's a good defense. Has been historically. Sooners put fifty on that one. Um, but when you look at the Cincinnati game. I think, I mean, you can always say this every game. Well, they only got 20. Yeah, Gabriel missed two touchdowns and then fumbled in the red zone. What what, what difference does that look like if it was 41-6 to six instead of 20-6 to six offensively for OU? Here here would be my question. Who has, test, who has tested Texas defense throwing the football? You know the best throwing team they played statistically, yards per game? I'm going to go with the offshoot one and say Wyoming. Rice. Rice. I guess that can understand that with, um, is it JT Daniels? Rice. Is he still throwing it for him? And they did very or well. Or he transferred yet? <laughs> they did very well against Rice. Rice is 13th in the country at 307 a game. And Texas held him to 149. But I don't, nec- I don't think that anyone would sit here and say that rice has the skill of oklahoma and so you kind of throw out ku without daniels in my mind it's because you didn't get a true representation of what kansas's offense was going in versus what they saw and so what other to me that the game that i would look at that i am looking at to get a true judge of just like like what we might see from Texas's defense versus OU's offense, I go back to the only game where there was similar athletes on the field, which would be Alabama. And we all know Alabama's offense struggled mightily so far this year. 50th in scoring, 54th in rushing, 85th total offense, and 103rd passing offense. And Texas held them underneath their rushing average. Bama actually threw it for 70 yards more than the average. They gained exactly what they averaged gaining, and they scored eight less points than they've averaged all season long. So when you when you look at that, UT's, UT's defense held up very well against Alabama's offense outside of the passing game. No, Bama's 70 more yards as the 103rd best passing offense above average. That's got to give you a little bit of a glimmer of a hope uh, if you're Oklahoma. If you're Texas, are you worried about slow starts? 
Baylor they didn't really have a problem with, but Rice game's a little bit of a slow start. Wyoming going in the fourth quarter was tight. So was last week. Or is it just a matter of we know we can win this game? I think it. I, I think the answer to that question depends on how good they feel about their pass defense. If they do feel, if they feel like they can, they can slow Oklahoma down through the air. Then I don't think they care if they start slow. If they're worried, to me, this, to me, this, we've asked all, kind of tongue in cheek, but also seriously, like, what is an advantage that Oklahoma has over Texas in this game? What is it? For me, it's that. It's Gabriel. And the ability of Oklahoma to move the ball through the air—that is that—that—that that, that is the advantage Oklahoma has coming into this game. It may be the only one, but that is one. It, and and listen, somebody is going to prove their medal in this game. Some some unit, some one of the teams is going to prove that these numbers that we see so far are real. Yeah. Somebody's going to. And it, and, and it could be Texas's pass defense. It could be them going, listen, we are this good. We just haven't got an opportunity to play somebody that people think is good yet. On that same token, it could be it could be Oklahoma as a team. Because at this point, if you – I said this yesterday and I'll keep on saying it, but – if you if you continue to to listen to everything outside, I mean Joel Joel Klatt basically said yesterday the Sooners shouldn't even show up. They ought to be so nervous about playing this UT team. It, it gets to the point where, man, it's just I'm just glad that this juggernaut and the burn orange is going to allow these poor saps and the crimson yeah. and cream and to it. show up on the field. Keep it up. You know what it reminds me of, and I know this um, it reminds me of a game that OU lost, but it reminds me of Stoops' first game and first year in this, 1999, where it's like, oh, okay, here, here's this nice OU team, a new coach, and it's Texas. And then OU came out roaring, but they couldn't hold on to win. But they, they it's kind of like, hey, we're here to play too. It was the same way the next year. In 2000? Yeah. Everybody was talking Texas, yeah. Of course they were. Yeah. Well, Oklahoma hadn't played anybody yet. They're not ready. It's year two under Stoops. Nobody turns it around in two years. Right. Yeah. Two year might be a better example. Year year two might be a better example. I mean, and this it, is year but two. that's the thing. Yeah. I, I think it could be either. We just don't know. I mean, and we knew this going in to the season. You don't – we weren't going to know or, or have real good evidence – what i said about osu earlier we weren't going to have really good evidence or, or believable evidence about oklahoma until after saturday if it was good now if you if you lose a game or two before this game just like osu now everything is a disaster and you know this doesn't look good for the season so we're really where we thought we would be and that is you don't know nothing until texas you can't really believe anything until Texas. I just I, I can't wait to find out. I can't wait to find out because I, I do I do think that there are advantages Oklahoma has, especially in the past game, that are just being completely overlooked. And, you know, it's it's part like you said. Everyone wants Texas back so bad. And Bama helped validate that this would be off and running. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they win this game, how many votes do they have in the AP? Oh, yeah, they'll n- get number one. It might be enough to put them number two because of quality of opponent versus Michigan's quality of opponents. So, they had, so last week in the AP, they had 10 first place votes. Michigan had 12. I think that number goes to 15 or 20 if they win this game. Yeah. Even though it doesn't feel like anybody really trusts OU, it's just another win against a named team. Mm -hmm. And especially if they look impressive doing it. Yep. We're going to get to pick tomorrow. Yeah, pump the brakes. It's only Thursday. We'll pick We got got one right now, 31. We had two predictions today. 
We had 31-13 Texas. It's not going to be a blowout. And we had 34-28 Oklahoma. We'll get everybody's predictions coming up tomorrow. To be honest, I have no idea. Coach Reed as well. Coach Jonathan Reed tomorrow with the Western Oklahoma Bulls. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered to right. Way.